I didn't even know styling was styling a career. Was... I just thought it was something you did until you got a proper job. I just discovered it whilst working on one of our flagship shows in the UK called EastEnders. So I come from that into the BBC <laughs> where any and every great TV show yeah. was made. Do you have someone who's your favorite to dress? Imagine simple folk meeting yeah. Graham Norton for the first time. Yeah. That was my everyday. Yeah. That was my new everyday. So when wow. I moved back to Wales, I was like, I've outgrown this plant pot. If I could give one piece of advice to every woman, the best advice I can give is do you ever wish that you still pursued the, I guess, the dream to be a TV presenter? Um, I want you to be body confident. I want you to own it. I want you to be women of power. I want you to be able to, you know, all of that. And then I look at the Instagram and I'm like, I don't want you to be so body <laughs> don't confident. Do that, don't do that. Maybe, maybe you <laughs> not can, that maybe not. Hi, I'm Lily. And I'm Dan. We are The Loaded. Dan. Good afternoon, Lily. How are you? This is starting to become our opener, right? It Damn. really is, actually. Yeah, it's, it's always good to be back. Every it is single good to be week back. It's becoming, talk. yeah, it's becoming a bit of a regular thing now. It is, and we've been having so many incredible guests on our podcast. Oh, I'm loving this season. Really, are loving this season. The the untold stories and getting yeah. a bit deeper with people. I, th- I actually think we. I, I don't know. I don't know. I think we need to chat about making it a bit more of a regular thing because I, I, I don't want this season to end. Of course, I think we've got yeah. some great guests lined up, and one today. In yeah, fact. speaking of. Of guests over yeah. to you. Do, do I do the introduction like normal? Yeah. So this week we have the awesome Phil Tarling, which is like darling with a T. There you go. We were just talking about that earlier. <laughs> Dan. How can I, I say Dan as you well? Can you can Dan. Dan. Thank you. You're welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome to our podcast. It's lovely to be here. Thank you for making me feel so welcome. You're always welcome. I was going with the killer questions too quick. So well, um, yeah, you, Dan sort of goes straight into going, oh yeah, so how have you been? What have you been doing? And I'm like, Dan, uh, maybe our listeners need a bit of an intro. Who is Phil? Who is Phil? Good question. Who's Phil? That's a really good question. I was that's. I mean, that's like going in hard. I need something softer. <laughs> I mean, literally, ask me my favorite drink or something. What's your favorite drink? Coffee. Amazing. You can <laughs> literally, stay. Literally, literally. You can stay. Uh, ten, ten coffees a day. Really? What sort of coffee? A day. Americano. Okay, espresso. so uh, extra hot wet latte without uh, without without a question. Extra hot wet latte. How do you make it, ex- sorry, this is really weird, but how Go do you make it extra hot? Because surely it's hot. An extra wet? <laughs> okay, yeah, so an extra wet. Uh, I, for my 50th, I bought a latte art course in Verona to learn how to, <gasps> yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, that's next level. And what I learned uh, with frothing coffee is I like my coffee at 70 degrees. And usually when you go to uh, a barista to have a coffee, it's usually at 60 degrees. And they're very specific about not burning the milk because it Correct. burns the coffee okay. and burns the taste. And I'm like, I, I actually want my milk at 70 degrees. So when I'm out uh, and I'm with my family and we are taking a coffee order, uh, my girls will say, oh, that coffee's going back twice. Just by the reaction of somebody who takes my hot, wet latte order, they will say, that's definitely going back. And so, um, and I will send the coffee back if it's not hot Interesting. and wet. Interesting. Do you want me to get somebody about coffee then onto the podcast? Uh, I think that'd be a great do. thing to talk about. So hot means 70 degrees. Okay. And I will specifically say, can I have it at 70 degrees, please? And they'll be like, wow, wow. you're definitely you, a you, You're serious. You're yes. serious. I've, I've just got visions of you trying to get coffee downstairs at Caribou. Uh, <laughs> right, I said extra hot and wet. Uh, and wet means no foam. 
Because if I'm oh, buying coffee, I God, don't want yeah. foam. Who wants foam? Okay, I thought wet was like, you know, like water. No, no, no. no. I don't know what technical. I thought it was. I actually, I actually don't know what I thought <laughs> yeah. it was. Anyway, we went off a real big tangent this week. We're going to coffee. So, Phil. Yes, now I feel like. Phil. Now, now I you can feel talk. like uh, we I can talk, talk about, about who Well, is you've Phil. just had your coffee. I've just literally had number five. So, I'm, I'm halfway through like, my day's well, yeah, closer. Halfway through the day now, so you're on number five. Yeah. So, who is Phil? So, Phil. Phil is a um, industry expert. I work in fashion. I've worked in fashion since 1997. I come from a film and TV background looking after celebrities. And um, in 1997, I discovered the world of styling. Mm. Didn't even know it was a career option. I just discovered it whilst working on one of our flagship shows in the UK called EastEnders. It's a strong <gasps> series. EastEnders? Yes. Oh, no so like worked We've got a celebrity in the house, man. You didn't tell me, Dan. No, no, so like me and Phil have like known each other on and off like the last couple of years. Yeah. We've been randomly talking yeah. on Instagram and yeah. you know, you've been in Dubai a few times. We, yes. We've caught up for drinks, but yeah. I never knew about EastEnders. Okay, so I, I feel to like be, there's going to be lots of stories today, which is good. Uh, I mean, uh, it's... An incredible show, and it's where I learned my, my craft as a dresser. So I moved to London in 91, became a dresser yep. uh, at the BBC, learned how to be a dresser. EastEnders was one of these shows. It's a massive drama series, and that's where I learned how to be a dresser. And whilst dressing on EastEnders, so on and off between 91 and 95, um, as a, when you're freelance at the BBC, you get put on different shows um, depending on where they roster you. Yeah. Uh, and so I got put on EastEnders a few times, and I'd have a six-month or a nine-month contract. And whilst working on EastEnders in whenever it was, 1990-something, um, this kind of crazy middle-aged lady turned up in the afternoon and she opened up her laundry bag and threw clothes at some cast members. They had some photographs taken. She gathered the clothes back and then disappeared. And I went, what? What, what was that? What was that? just happened there? Because I've been here since like 7 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to go home at 7 o'clock at night. I've had a long, long day. And this repeats, repeats. And she has just come in with a laundry bag full of clothes and gone. And just left. And just left. She's like, I want, got, like a world I want that job. And I want that job. I want that job. What is that job? Yeah. And so the head of publicity of EastEnders said, oh, that's, she's a stylist. And I was like, can you talk me through what a stylist is? And I said, yeah, well, we have every week, we produce uh, covers for all the weekly magazines to get our storylines out. And on the cover of these, the weeklies is whatever our major storyline is. And it's God, the job yeah. of the stylist to come in and put them in clothes so we can put them on a variety of weekly magazines. I was like, I, 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 want, this. I want that job. <laughs> and, uh, and they said, well, great. And because I was already on that job and the artist already knew me and I've been on that job on and on for, for, for years, they were like, yeah, you can have this job. And so, so before, literally, literally, they gave me the job. I had no idea what just like was. that. Yes. <laughs> just by asking but, but for but it. Literally <laughs> asking what, for so it. What were you doing, sorry, what were you doing exactly on the show before? So I was a dresser. So in the in a costume department, you have a costume designer who decides okay. what artists wear and yeah. an assistant for the show itself. For the show itself. Okay, gotcha. So my job is to ensure that whatever artists wear for a particular scene, that they wear it the same every time they wear it because nothing it. is filmed in sequence. I was going to say continuity. Continuity. It's always so, a thing. Yes. That's quite so stressful. They would film two days outside all the scenes of kind of walking across the, the lot or Albert Square or walking into the Vic. And there's like two or three days difference between when they walk into the Vic and when they're actually in the Vic. There's like, that's two days different. Yeah. So they film all the outsides and then all the interiors. So, you know, my job is to make sure that when an artist wears the clothes, um, they wear it the same every yeah. time. And I iron it and I prepare it and I put it in the dressing like room. Wearing it the same yeah. a couple of days later, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's actually quite stressful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have to make notes. I have notes. All of it, yeah. down to the 
teeny tiniest detail. Down to necklace, earrings, down to how many buttons done, undone, coat yeah. on, coat off. Collar up, collar, collar down, up, collar sock down, up, sock down. All that kind of stuff. Which hand the bag was in. Wow. Was it, yeah, all that kind of stuff. So that came... Just because there used to be TV shows in the UK, like yeah. which would capture, continuity, they would look at the errors. The inconsistencies. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes it's difficult to maintain continuity because you don't always have access. They go for a take, you can't get in there. It could be a really emotional scene. The artist could not be in the best frame of mind, so you have to give them some <laughs> distance and you have to try and pick your moment where yeah. you don't want to interfere with the. You know, Space in the zone, so yeah. you know it's it's tricky. It's a tricky job. Stylus, here I come. So you know that's that what the job was, yeah. and then I discovered this this styling, and I was like, oh, I want to do that. I want to do that. And so literally there and then they said, well, you could be our Just stylist. Like I had no idea what a stylist was. How do you call in clothes? Yeah. I don't know. Do you know what I did? I rang up catalogs. <laughs> I was well, ringing up like call up next catalog. catalog. I was ringing yes. <laughs> it next. Oh my exactly god! What do I do? I next Grattans, you name it. I was I was calling the clubs. Go, look, can I can I have these clothes? They would send me the clothes. I would open them. I would put them on the artist, and I would bag them back up and send them because I didn't know about what a press loan was. Got that ya. there were brands out there that would loan specifically for artists and magazines to get a credit. I didn't know about that. I didn't know that you could send stuff back by a courier. Yeah, I oh. did it. Me and my laundry bags. No like way. Like that crazy middle-aged woman. That was me, except it was a crazy young man who didn't even know what the job was. Rocking so up to the next HQ, giving the local stuff back. I had no idea. So, um, so I did the job for a year, and in that year, I went for doing the weeklies to, uh, do you remember Rick High? Do you remember, Pats, do you oh remember God, Patsy yeah. Palmer? Patsy Palmer got a gig on OK Magazine. Okay. And she said, will you come and be my stylist? Um, and I was like, yeah, I could do that. Then on OK Magazine, one of the editors went, oh my God, I love how you work. I love, I love your energy, I love your vibe, I love what you bring, I love everything. And by which point I'd learnt like, how to call in press samples, what a courier was. So I'd learnt, you know. How did you learn it? Where did, was there, did you have anyone to sort of give you guidance or did you literally trip over things I literally to figure it tripped out? over. There was no guidance. Wow. We are talking 1997 here. Nothing. 1997. No. Those are like styling like, Oh, well, I was going to say, was that's, no that's sort of like all of us in, in the events industry. Yeah, we just... Fake it till you make it. <laughs> you mean 1997. Wow. I, since then, I have written courses on how to be a stylist. I, 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 I teach people. I give I help. People who want to get no, I didn't have that then. Yeah. So I learned the hard way and the embarrassing way. Yeah, and, I sort of. You know, I from the bottom, my my intake of how to do the job was like a steep learning curve. So by the time I got to OK Magazine, I'd learned a few tricks. I wow. learned how to peg dresses for things to look yeah. right. I learned more about shapes and colors and 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 that, and. Patsy was like, you know, I love what you do. Please, can you style me? And then the editor on OK Magazine, she was like, wow, I, I want to work with you like on more shoots. So then I started working more for OK Magazine and then Weekend Magazine and The Mail and, 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 and my experience as a stylist grew, grew and my connections grew and different magazines wanted to use me more. And that's... Were you pinching how, yourself through this whole process? Because that, it just whirlwind. I wasn't pinching myself, no. I was <laughs> something, I was probably like living on my nerves because hence the 10 coffees a day literally 10 coffees a day i think that's where that bad habit came possibly from. i wasn't pinching myself because I, I was still freelance yeah mm -hmm. so in 1997 i worked away from i walked away from my full-time employment as a dresser i gave it all up so that mentally i could tell people i'm a stylist so yeah. i'm a stylist so i had to start believing what I was. Is that a natural progression to go from like a dresser to a stylist? No, not at all. No, okay. no, no, no. So for, in, in wardrobe, you would, um, you would be a dresser, you'd be a, a crowd supervisor, supervisor, assistant costume designer, costume designer. If you work in TV, it's usually because 
that is a genre that you want to stay. And it's um, quite controlled, right? Yeah, I mean, you, you've got scripts, so you have to, you, you've got to know a character, you design yeah. for a specific character, they're going in, they're going out, they're waking up, they're going to work. What's they have a personality. Work? Yes, they have personalities, which, you, you, you know, in film and TV, you don't want to say, oh, you know, they look really good, you want to believe the moment that they're in, so their yeah. clothes have to be pretty much visible. Mm. So good costume designers, you never really notice the clothes, unless it's that moment, I would say. While styling is like the complete opposite. Yeah, styling is, is about it's it statement moments. So for me, when my clients are on the red carpet, uh, you know, there, there are two schools of thought there. There's either one, you need to create that wow moment where people are talking about that dress or the clients are the sort of people who want to be on that red carpet and be, uh, be themselves and n- not necessarily attention seeking, but just, just authentically themselves. And for me, um, my biggest challenge as a stylist is to is for my clients to be authentically them whilst in a place that is unusual. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's 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 kind of how I how I work with my red carpets. But you know, clients come from everywhere, right? The clients come from everywhere. They find me on my socials. They find me on the website. I have incredible people that hustle on my behalf. So you know, and and every client is different. Every yeah. client has a personality. Every client has a brief, has a, an Achilles heel, something they want to show off, something they want to hide, um, uh, an occasion to dress. You know, each occasion is different. Do you have someone who's your favorite to dress? I have a client that I've been with for over 10, 15 years. Wow. He was one of the first guys that when I styled him for Extra Factor, a guy called Ben, ben Shepard, when I styled him from Extra Factor, he's such a great guy. He was like, right, I want to, I want to maintain, I want to keep you as my, as my personal. So I've worked with him on all his TV shows since then. And that's incredible because like Ben's a household name. Yeah, he's a household name. He yeah, really he is. is like, he's yeah. just like, I think, um, Good Morning Britain. Yeah. I think it's been on this morning. Maybe yep. I got that wrong. Yeah. Um, but you know, like said X Factor. All sorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Game so shows. he's done loads of game shows. Yeah. Uh, mainstream TV, our, our biggest breakfast show he anchors on the Thursday and yeah. Friday so yeah he's a uh, he's, he's a good guy and, and he's good because he pimps me out as well to all his friends he's like, <laughs> we love he's that. Like, you need my stylist <laughs> you get rid of my stylist so you know I when you have somebody like that championing in your corner it's, it's but it's a testament to your work uh, I'm gonna say thank you to that yes um, I yes I'm, I, I have good clients and good clients uh, are very kind to me they champion me uh, I, I am you know, I am many things, but I'm not a good marketer, and I'm not. But that's good what at makes you so Championing how amazing I am. I don't tell the world how amazing I am. I just find that maybe I'm frightfully British. In that no, respect. it's your work that does it, though. It's well, yes, but I'm also very British. Yeah. There are some. Yeah, yeah. There are some people who are reserved. I, I am. Yeah. And and I mean, I've got two girls, and one thing I've taught them is, you know, go out there and live and be, and you know, and and uh, I, I just kind of be the best of whatever you want to be, and yet. You know, still at fifty. One of my one of my daughters has the confidence I have learnt now at fifty two. She already has that at twenty. Why? How does that happen? I don't know. Where do they get that? Where do they get that confidence from? I, th- I think they're given permission to oh from God. the beginning. I mean, seriously, like think, but think about it. It's 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 our upbringing, isn't it? You just said it's because you know I'm British. What did that mean back in the day? It's changing. It's evolving. Yeah. But growing up. Being British, you know, stiff upper lip, you yes. know, yeah. humility, yeah. you don't talk about yeah. it. You know, it, it was the, the, you can go the stereotypes. Like if you say, yes. you know, what is it, you know, that being loud and proud is, it yeah. was typically seen as being the American sort of uh, attitude and all this. I'm stereotyping here. I'm not it saying it's mine, but you know, that's what we had. So 
you've given them permission to be. The world's given kids yep. the permission to own yep. their space. Yep. It's also it is a generational thing. I, Big t- but, but, I, but, but I, it I, is. I look at so many people that we employ and like, you know, part of our team, it's like, wow, you guys have got confidence. Yes, but that's like, but oh, it's, that always incredible. From? It's incredible. And I always, I always look at that and I always think, oh my God. How the world, yeah, yeah, but the, the world's, world's given them the permission to be. It's True. changing, yeah. and it's a good That's thing. That's what it's a great it's a good thing. thing. So when I look, when I look at my girls, I'm incredibly proud of them, mm. and I've, I've, I've always said to them, you know, I want you to be body confident. I want you to own it. I want you to be women of power. I want you to be able to, you know, all of that. And then I look at their Instagram, and I'm like, I don't want you to be so body <laughs> don't confident. Do that, don't do that. Maybe, maybe you <laughs> not can, like, maybe not. Maybe, that, maybe that, not so confident. You know, and I do comment on this stuff. <laughs> I literally comment. I will. Just do you say, troll your kids? <laughs> I don't. I don't troll. Oh, I mean, we have access. We have access to one of their accounts. I'm sure they have plenty that are private, but we have access to one, and I will comment. And I will say, I will say, what have you said? Oh, okay. So there is (laughs) one. one. uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna apologise to her in advance. Sorry, Jess. There is one where she has a top that looks like a handkerchief. I mean, literally, it looks like a bandana. And I, and I just questioned whether she managed to stay in that top all night. (laughs) And I was like asking, asking on behalf of a concerned dad, did those puppies stay in? (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, oh, seriously, dad, do you have to comment? All my friends think you're funny. I'm like, babes. I am funny. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I her, her friends funny. must love it, like a dancing passion. It's stylish. Well, you, exactly. You think, you think, you think. But then I also say things like, "That's a really nice top. Can you tidy your bedroom?" So that goes like public. <laughs> oh my that. god, have you been burgled? That's a terrible. Look at that. that. So yes, <laughs> got I, it. I, I I like to comment, and they're like, "Oh, please don't," because my That's friends fantastic. think you're funny. So are they into fashion as well? Are they? Um, they they have a good sense of style, and they have a good sense of confidence. You know, this new generation, you know, so back in the olden days, you that you could never be seen to wear something again, yeah. um, mm. twice. Mm. They have that, but what they do is now, it's, which is I, I find incredible and liberating, is they all share each other's clothes. They're oh. like, oh, I saw that you had that really, really nice blue dress on Instagram. Can I borrow that? Because I'm going out to this and I, and I want God, back to. Back in the day, that would never happen. Oh, they, it's, they're so collaborative now. Interesting. Like, like yes, uh, I saw that you had that on. Can I, I want to wear that. I'm going to this party. Can I? And they all share each other's clothes. Very cool. Very <laughs> I mean, smart. It's smart. It's very sustainable. Mm, it's true. you know, it's really switched on. It's very clever. They haven't got to spend a lot of money. Although, I will say, I think my girls literally kept Etel kind of uh, 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 alive during lockdown. I mean, every day, <laughs> our postman was exhausted because he'd be dropping <laughs> off more and more stuff from like. Like Boohoo and Pretty Dot Thing and all those quick, fast fashion online. I was like, oh my, where do, number one, where are you getting the money for this? Mm-hmm. And number two, how, where are you going to you, wear these clothes? You need to be checking your credit card statement. I mean, I, yes, I should. I should. Every now and then there's like a couple of hundred pounds to exit the account. This is, yeah. yeah. What, what is, what is, yeah. So that, I mean, they, yeah, they know how to shop and they have a good sense of style. And I, I really, I, I like how they look. Occasionally I comment. Okay. Uh, um, Occasionally they look very sporty, and I say to them, "What, what really? What look is this? You're like, what is this? I, I, I won't say exactly what I say because it's not very nice, but I do say. Mm. Uh, there are other times when they 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 have dresses on that it covers so little. I ask them if they are literally ladies of the night, and then they'll say, "When my friends come, when my friends come, just don't comment on what they're wearing." And I'm like, "But just ask your friends not to ask my advice." Because I, I was going to say, do you uh, give well, advice? I was going to say, do you give advice? Do they ask you? Uh, I, they, I think, like my girls have said, don't please don't ever ask my dad his advice. <laughs> yeah, because he know, will give you like the full. He will get the hard truth. Advice, and, it, and nobody would leave the house. I have said before now, it's a really good job you brought your coat to oh. one of their friends. Literally, 
I mean, you could not see what was what, you know. Yeah. They must be terrified. They're all stuck at the bottom of the driveway. Hi. I was going to say, I want to be to fly on the wall in your oh, house. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, but I do get the. So, so Fran, the my, my better half, she gets all the kind of emotive conversations. She gets all the kind of, I hate this. Mm, mm, mm. I get the, oh, I've got these three dresses I've ordered from Boohoo. Which one do you think is the best? So, we literally, it's a game of two halves in our house. They, she gets all the angst and all the. You know, of life. And he I get said the, this, she said that. Yeah, what am I going to do? Or, My life you know, is over. What about this car? I want to buy this car. What about this car? I want to buy this car. What about this car? What about this car? Literally, it's relentless. It's relentless. It's relentless. And Fran's working, like literally saving lives for the NHS. She's okay. a physiotherapist. Oh, wow. She's Beautiful. like, ping, ping. So, excuse me a minute. I just have a ping. And literally, they, they, will, they will ask, like, she gets everything. And then I get the, oh, what outfit should I wear? Uh, it's like, like, it's yeah, like, like role reversal. Complete role reversal. Yeah, like, like I took my girls for their first bra. Oh, that's interesting. Awesome. First bra fitting. I had discounts. Oh, I hold get on. discounts. First I said awesome, and now I'm going to stop. I go. Gonna, how did that they, actually go? Were you? Were it's you, so normal. It's like no, but were you? So were you? Did they ask you or did you do it? You, you, like, didn't, you didn't like pull one out and sort of go, sweetheart. Hey, it's time for did, this. Did you, you <laughs> is it time for this, girls? <laughs> it's that time already. Time of your lives. No, literally, as as girls grow and their bodies change shape mm -hmm. it's like i think it's probably time that we looked at formalizing getting you you know some some better bras a bit more support mm. interesting because that's probably like one of those things that a dad would be well i'm thinking about my dad would be quite awkward about Dude, like my really mom was awkward about it it was horrendous mm. it was horrific Go on, what was your first we time went, we went into you know the bra shop or whatever i had no issues with it but it was more the fact that my mom was on one side I was on the other side and she literally pulls one up, holds it up in the middle of the shop and she goes, Lily, what about this one? And I'm just like, what? Can we just be a little bit more, you know, compassionate, mm -hmm. gentle about mm -hmm. it? And she literally in the middle of the shop stuck it on me across trying to see whether will this fit you? And I'm like, nobody needs to see that. No one needs to see that. <laughs> this is, this is not a core memory I want to have. Traumatized but, you know, life. Persian, Traumatized, Persian yes. parents, man. Persian, it was traumatizing. I, I, the, the biggest trauma for me was like, can we not have the push-ups? Like yes, my, my girl I don't, get that. My girl don't need to worry about that. Yeah. And I was like, you don't, you don't need a push-up at 13. Seriously, you don't. At 14, you don't need. No. Please, let's not. And eventually, like, it's all about the push-up. It's the, all about the push-up. Uh, yeah, and then it's about the, I, I don't want to wear them anymore. And, and it's, that's yes. a whole different story. <laughs> but God. yeah, I, and I took them for their first prom, for their prom dress. Oh, so wow. that was... You know, that's but how does how does your um, other half feel about that? Oh my god, she's like, yeah, great, you do it because that's your job. So, but 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 <laughs> like, that's your job. But, you, but again, <laughs> it's your job. If you're not going to sell your kids right? out, they're yeah, memories. Yeah. You know, being yeah, yeah, part yeah. of you know your your daughter's first dress, first prom. But that's awesome. So she's like, no, nah, you she's got like, it. That's your job. You go away. You do the whole. You you go and take the you buy you, you you buy the dress. You take them. It's like yeah. this, is, this is you. Right. I'm gonna take your credit card. Take your credit card. You you, you sort them, babies. This is this is oh, your this is your sweet. skill set. That's so sweet. It's the it's the skill set. And I'm also I'm in town in London most days. I I'm in shops. I I you know I could do all the graft. Even even for Fran, um, I'll say to her, I saw this and I brought this back for you because she you know she works in a hospital Monday to Friday. She does yeah. not want to go out shopping. Yeah, She's not interested in. In, in fashion or style, you know, I, I, it's me. That's so like do you dress work. her all the time? I don't dress her, but um, I, if we've got a wedding coming up and she's like, oh. Style me, baby. She won't say style me. She's like, oh, I'm just thinking of this. Or if she's actually marrying people, because we have friends who've asked her to marry, um, she'll say, oh, I just probably need to think of something. And I'm like, right, leave that with me, baby. So I'll see what I can bring in. And I will literally just bring in 
dresses, and dresses, and like, what about this? What about that? And I'm like, oh, I quite like this. I might need that in a different size. Then I'll pin it. I'll take it to the tailor. I'll bring it back. You know. Wow. So I've just every got every I, every female listener right now is like, I want to fill. True story because all, all I, I, I just got visions of like some husbands like terrified right now, going, yep. Oh my god, god, like I'm screwed. Yeah, Because yeah. <laughs> like you, the, the amount of like returns that like, they must get like you know Christmas yeah. from gifts. Like, oh. so I've written this thing. So I've written talking of returns. Like one of the biggest returns. Uh, that women do is is Valentine lingerie <laughs> because, because husbands buy because it. men and women are, are on like mm. two different men like, are from Mars, women are from Venus forever. when it comes and, to and that. And men are buying for Mars, mm-hmm. and women want Venus, yes. right? So I have written a blog for men mm-hmm. how to be a lingerie hero, mm-hmm. and it's really simple when you learn the, when you learn some simple mm-hmm. keys, the basics, the yep. basics when you learn the basics of. Can you can you throw a few basics okay, out there for f- them? So the first basic would be um, prep. So don't 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 go out to the shop thinking I need to um, uh, I'm just going to buy her lingerie for Christmas and then you're going to ask a sales assistant's advice. Hey, I want to buy my you know my girlfriend, my wife, or my other half some you know some some lingerie. You know what do you think? Like bad move. Like that's a bad move. You just you you just go home. You look at what sort of bras are worn on an everyday occurrence. What what sort of stuff's already in her the lingerie drawers. drawers? What is she wearing? What do you notice? Begin to notice before Valentine's Day or be, begin to you know what. Yeah, to be honest, like most husbands probably don't even notice. Well, well, well they've taken it off at some point or another, mate. They they've yeah. seen something. Prob- probably in the dark. <laughs> no. Possibly in the dark. But excuses, excuses. I'm sorry. Possibly in the dark. However, you know, let's bring this to the light. You, simple research. You do. Mm. You, you look, look in, look in the underwear drawers. It'll be on the, it'll be on the floor the next morning anyway. They, they, wow. Everything has a label. You know, there's a number. Um, is it 30, 30, 32, 34, 36, which is the cup size. And then you've <laughs> got the back size, which you, is- You a th- love the, the guys that go in and they're like, what's, what's, what's your, okay, you want a bra for, what's her size? And they sort of, their gesture hands, they, no, they gesture. Oh, they literally thing. gesture yeah. going, she's about, or they'll start looking at the ladies in the yes. store and yes. go, I think she's like you. Yeah. That's, that's, true story. Yeah, it's a true story. And also every, 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 every breast is a different shape. There's no yeah. two breasts the same. They all have their own shapes. So you can't specifically, so I, I teach. So the numbers, 30, 32, 34, 36, that's the, the strap size. And then the, the letters, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, the higher up the alphabet, the bigger the breast. So I teach I'm guys. so confused right now. Are you? Yeah. Okay, so. Um, <laughs> Serious. I actually took both my brothers. I dragged both of them at the right time. I'm like, right. And I did them separately with them because I've got an older and a younger. And we're going, I go, right, we're going in here. And my brother's like, uh, I'm not going brush shopping with you. I go, you're not brush shopping with me. I'm about to teach you and you're going to thank me. I go, you cannot date a woman and not understand lingerie. Let's go. Smart move. Yeah. I'm such a good sister. Mm. You know, and life so lessons. Now, now life lessons, but they are. And, but then whenever I'd go to them to get some life lessons, they're like, you don't need to know those things. Yeah. I go, that's right. That's right. I'm. The Virgin Mary. Yes, possibly you don't need to know those things. <laughs> one of the things you specialize, we've talked about this previously, and you know, you, you create content is around body shape and yes. you educate people on body yes. shape and wearing clothes that yeah. fit, you know, if what, I could, what, what they, who they are and what they, they look like. If I could give one piece of advice to every woman, the best advice I can give is don't buy for your size, buy for your shape, because you can put five, six, seven different women in front of me that's the size. 10 but their body shape mm. is different so buy for your body shape not your size and what does that mean buy for your body shape so every every 
body is different and every body is different. Mm. Um, so it's about recognizing what is your body shape. So you could so we, be... Is this that we're talking about the apple pear? Yes. So I teach, I teach five shapes. Um, yes, those shapes cross over because not everybody is the same. So you could be a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But generically speaking, um, you're either an hourglass, which is the the most desired shape in Western civilization. So you have the hourglass, which means your shoulders and your, and your hips are symmetrical and you go into the waist. Then you have the strawberry shape, which means you are top heavy. Uh, I thought and that was apple. No. Oh, no, no strawberry. So, so what, what is the shape of a strawberry? It's like a V, no. like a love heart. So it's like a V, yeah. yeah. So it's a V. So if you imagine it's heavier on top than at the bottom. Mm. So if you're heavier on your shoulders and your chest area, that makes you a strawberry shape. Okay. If you are an apple, so mm. by the very shape of an apple, um, yes, it's the, it's, gotcha. it's the complete opposite to gotcha. hourglass. So rather than your waist going in, your waist is coming out. So you're relatively symmetrical, but you go out at the, yeah. at the waist. That's an apple. And if you're a pear, you're essentially an upside, upside down strawberry. So it means bottom that heavy. you are, yeah, so you are heavier around your hips and, and, and your bottom than you are. And you're wider than you are at the top. Just as you're, as you're doing that, like Lily's I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking actually at looking at myself. Out what she I'm is. not sure because I've, I, you know, my body has changed shape, so I don't actually know which what I mean, body like, yeah, type I am anymore. Bodies change, I guess, throughout the course of they do? time. Yes, yeah. they, they would change and with weight. They change with weight. They change with stress. They change with job. They change with lifestyle. They change with having children. Mm. They change with uh, with menopause. Your body, your women's body shape. Yeah. changes and then the last shape is banana which is essentially like a boyish figure which straight up straight down i call it banana okay. literally banana's a new up. one for me okay straight up straight down so it's right. a, they call it the straight but i call it banana because i like Got to teach it. with fruit straight I up like straight that. down curveless teenage boyish figure now let me let me give you, you one to, tip <laughs> on how you work out what your body shape is mm. so lots of people are not sure what the body shape is so i asked the question if you don't know what your body shape is and you're unsure how symmetrical you are, I would say, where do you feel you put on weight first? Upper. Upper? Mm -hmm. Then I would often suggest that you are a strawberry shape. Generally speaking, the area... Used to be. The, uh, <laughs> I'm saying nothing. I'm here as a guest. Uh, <laughs> we're, so, we're open in this show, my friend. We're open. open. I'm learning so much more about so, you today, Lily. So much more. <laughs> so if you imagine, it, and this is a this is a general rule. This doesn't say that it's guaranteed, but it's it's a rule that I it's it's a um, advice that I give if you don't know your body shape. That if you feel that you put on more weight around your bum and your thighs than you do on your top, I would suggest that you are probably uh, a pear shape okay if you um if you put weight around your middle and 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 uh more than anywhere else then you would be an apple and mm -hmm. same with on top if you feel like you put on weight on your top half then you would be i just called myself a square for a while a square so what's the fifth <laughs> one hang on square. you said there's five that's five so we've got strawberry apple pear banana hourglass hourglass i got you yeah yeah, yeah. yes hourglass is like Marilyn monroe right yeah uh, it, or mind you she was a bit well, Marilyn Monroe is, was hourglass. She was yes, hourglass. She was, yeah. except she so had a, a lot of strawberry. A lot, yeah, <laughs> and she had a lot of what was bottom, a lot of uh, pear as well. Yes, <laughs> but if you imagine an hourglass, essentially is symmetrical shoulders mm. and hips. Yeah. So that's when you look Slim down, waist. and it just goes in at the waist. That's mm. that's. Uh, yeah. It, it was like it is. It's pretty much what every woman aspired to. Yes. Which which is really sad as well because genetically, it just might not ever be possible for you. But as a you know. As an image. On the magazine, as an image, as what it is to be beautiful and perfect or whatever, it's hourglass. Interesting. Mm. 
That's what I was thinking about all now. Yeah. So what I do as a stylist is I help women recreate um, the hourglass shape with whatever with shape clothes. you are using color, using texture, um, muting. Um, so for example, if you are a strawberry and you are heavier on your top half, then I always suggest to my clients then you wear the most dramatic, the most bold, the most attention-seeking clothes on your bottom half. Mm. So the eye is drawn <laughs> towards color and texture more than the top half. And then you, um, then you, you begin to visually kind of mimic the shape of, of, a, of, of an hourglass. Interesting. And it's almost like through the fashion of the clothes, like you're tricking the brain yes. to see something different. Yes. Not see something different, but to now, attract now, attention. Now, I'm fascinated to understand how you even got here in the first place. So, as a kid, yes, were yeah, you always we jump, into fashion? Because like, we jump straight to like 1997. I know, we're, we're, yeah, but we do all that, don't we? We yes. <laughs> go left, right, center, and we, we end up in the right place at some point. But growing up, is this something you've, you know, when I walked in, I'm like, oh God, I should have uh, worn the right clothes. I feel really, you know, mm. like you look amazing, like effortless. So, is this always been the case for you? Okay, let me take you back. I grew up in Wales called Llantrisant. It is... Where is that? Llantrisant is South Wales. Okay, because my family's from Pembrokeshire. Okay, that's West Wales, isn't it? No, it, like Southwest. Southwest. Yeah. Okay, so um, 10 miles from Cardiff going towards the valleys. Okay. Uh, not far from uh, Brecon Beacons. So yeah. it's kind of, it, it's South Wales, uh, it's industrial, it's it's working class, it's, it's my, my, my folks were, were incredible people, not massively bright, simple lifestyle. Yeah. Um, I never, uh, I was never into fashion and style, but I always wanted to look nice, but I, uh, my first 10 years of my life, we, we lived in, um, in our, we, had, we owned our own home. And then due to kind of unfortunate circumstances, we then moved to a council estate, which required a lot of uh, getting my head around living in God, a nice little, imagine, nice little yeah. village to, to a council estate. And I, I lived there until I moved from wow. Wales to London in 1991, where I got a job wow. at BBC. So I was never... I was never focused on style and fashion and it was everything, but I had my own gentle sense of style. So when I moved to London in 1991, it was to get a job at the BBC and to get a job at the BBC was my in, was my road out of London and into TV. And at some point- So that I, was your dream? Or like, how'd you, how'd, the, how'd you say, I want to work at the BBC? Why the BBC? Well, the dream was never to work at the BBC. The dream had this kind of, idea that maybe I could be a children's TV presenter. I think you oh, probably wow. could. I could see that. I mean, I'd need a lot of surgery if I wanted to be a children's TV presenter or some really good studio lighting because I, I, you know, I'm, I'm past a children's TV presenter now, like by about 20 years. But that was... That back was, in the day you could have been. Back in the day, I, I, I thought I could have been. So yeah. moving to London, work at the BBC. So did you move to London because you had a job at the BBC? Yes. Okay. I got a job as a holiday... Holiday relief male trainee dresser. So I got a job at the BBC to train to be a dresser. Okay. So when I worked, by the time I got to EastEnders, I had learned how to be, how to do that job. Um, so I'm just thinking like coming from like, you know, South Wales, yep. going to like London yeah. is a big difference. Oh my God, it's huge. Yeah. Oh, it, it, it's huge. Like it's, going, it's like night and day. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's going from literally a narrow-minded uh, Insular. Small th insular, thank you. Yeah, insular. insular little village 
to like the capital of the country. Yeah, and a what world was your, model city. Sorry, yeah. I'm, 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 I've got to ask. Go, yeah. The first day you arrived in London, how were you feeling when you packed your bags to leave and you knew you were going to London? And then we'll get to the other question I have yeah, is, yeah. Uh, wanted to read, you know, stories, be child presenter, and you ended up taking a job as a dresser. I'd love yeah, to yeah, understand yeah. that as well. Yes. But you arrive in London. Yeah. Oh my God, tell me about yes. it. Yes, I was like, oh my God. I had a Welsh accent, obviously. I don't have one. I was like, oh my God, I'm like, I'm in London. Oh my God, that's I'm like, really I'm in London, I can't believe it, I'm in London. And then I was like, oh my God, I'm in the BBC. I'm working in the oh BBC. Walking in the BBC, I literally, that, literally, was, that was my you, pinch you myself moment. Back to like Gavin and Stacey. Literally, yes. So it's imagine, like, like imagine Stacey in London. Yeah. It's like, oh my God. It was, that was, I the, can feel that it. was the pinch that moment. Twenty-one year old who had probably been on one foreign holiday in his life. Yeah. Um, never really travelled very much. Never been very far. Really super super humble upbringing. I have a, my, my my folks are incredible. My home life is incredible. My you know my culture is 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 very humble. I come from a very humble upbringing, which maybe explains, explains my approach to, to styling is, yeah. is, is, work is humble. And work ethic yeah. is very humble. So I come from that into the BBC <laughs> where any and every great TV show yeah. was made at the BBC. A huge institution. Huge LE light entertainment shows were all made at the BBC. I was walking those corridors. Wow. And wow. those corridors have decades of history yeah. there. Was the pinch me moment. I, I've watched on television centre before. It's gone now, I think. Hasn't it, it has gone. It's, now, it's, but it's iconic. Yes. You're yeah. like, yeah, the dome. It was incredible. So that was pinch me moment. Wow. So I had a train, uh, like an internship, a trainee um, course that I did to learn to be a dresser, which I did. And then, um, so I worked at the BBC and they would allocate you shows to work on. Um, went back to Wales. My contract finished, went back to Wales. And I knew when I went back to Wales... That would have I was been a like, heartbreaking day for you. It, I mean, it, I knew it was going to come because my contract was only six months or nine months or a year uh, and I moved back to Wales. And I, I just knew, having been in London for that amount of time, I had grown so yeah. much as a person. Mentally as well. I'd experienced poverty. I'd never seen poverty. I'd experienced... Like different cultures. Yeah. Like they weren't only just white Welsh Everyone people Everyone didn't look yeah. like you. Everyone didn't look like me. Yeah. I mean, wow. like... And just the open-mindedness. Just yeah. my mind well, was mind blown. blown. Liberal. Mind blown. Mind I could, yeah. blown. And working in the BBC where it was like, I had never seen people like the folk that worked at the BBC. Yeah. Like every type of person possible was working at the BBC. And I'd only experienced like simple Welsh folk. I'm sure so, those were quite eccentric characters. That oh used to work at the BBC. my gosh, eccentric. Like yeah. I... Uh, I, I still, I would walk around with my jaw open going, I don't even understand what's just happened. <laughs> I don't even stand what, I don't understand what they've just said to me. I don't understand what, literally it was. They used to have a bar on the top, I yeah, think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember a really random night with Graham Norton once. Yeah. That was a good time. Anyway, <laughs> that's, that's for a different good podcast. Good time, different podcast. <laughs> yeah. So imagine, imagine simple folk meeting yeah. Graham Norton for the first time. Yeah. That was my everyday. Yeah. That was my new everyday. So when wow. I moved back to Wales, I was like, I've outgrown this plant pot. I need to be re-rooted yeah. into a bigger, bigger plant pot where I can really appreciate, like, thank you, mum and dad, for what you've shown me. Yeah. But I, you know, there is a big world out there and I have tasted a little bit of that world and I, it has captivated me. I am intoxicated by a different pace of life, like different colours. You gave me black and white. I love black and white, but London gave me 
colorful and I think life is about living life in color and so I discovered color in London so that was like no going in, back there was no going back there was no going back so from 91 through to 97 I worked as a dresser and the aim to go back to mm. your question the aim was if I get into the BBC working behind the camera maybe the aim would be I would get myself in front of the camera so at some point I could gotcha. be get discovered. the foot in the door. It was, it yeah, was your get, get, the, get your foot, foot in the, in the door. door. Yeah. Dressing was just a means to get to mm. being a children's yeah. TV presenter. You know, maybe someday Andy Peters is sick, you're going to jump in yeah, and step in and yeah, take yeah, his I'm job. Going, hey, you know, so yeah. never, I am, never did you think this is where you would have ended up I then. didn't, well, like yeah. I said earlier on, I didn't even know styling, styling was a career. Was I just thought it was something you did until you got a proper job. Do you ever wish that you still pursued the... I guess the dream to be a TV presenter? Um, no. Yeah. I love my job. Yeah. Like, I absolutely 100% adore my job. Like, there is... You like, can tell. Is, is, there a, is there a better job? Yes, yeah. I'm sure there are for some people, but for me... This is it. Styling and everything that comes under uh, the umbrella of styling, uh, teaching personal styling, corporate styling, uh, working in film, working in TV, working in music, working in red carpets. I mean, there is so much opportunity to explore uh, as a stylist, um, as, a, as an industry expert. So after X amount of years, here I am yeah. with you guys, still loving the job from the day I started. I just, I just know more. I just know more. And just being that informed about my job and I still love it and yes I have difficult moments and yes I have dark days and yes I have days where I think really I should get myself a job that actually is like a proper job like a Monday to Friday like <laughs> get, a a, get a real like job a, like a, get a real, get a real job. job where <laughs> I actually heard that earn a salary Monday to Friday yeah like my parents would say to me I didn't even know what you do what do you mean you actually dress people for a living I'm like actually people pay me my, my kids yeah like yeah. what People actually pay you for advice. Like, babes, we, we pay the mortgage based on my advice. Yep. So, yeah. yes, people pay me. Every time you give your daughters like fashion advice, you should be sending them an invoice. I literally should. Literally. You should. I should yeah. send them an invoice. You should. All the friends. I'm, I'm so creative. Not enough business. Yeah. There you go. Thank you. I'm going to take that home. You know, like next time you have to like comment on the but social like, media. Do, By the way, that's what cost you £500. Like, they're like, oh, you know, I, Dad can have some money. They're like, yeah, well, uh, you owe me this much. I'll, mm -hmm. you know, I'll, or, you know, mm. you, or if they're trying to do something, you're like, mm, yeah, no, the, you're, you're in debt, my friend. Yes. You're in debt. Yes. I'm going to WhatsApp them as soon as it's over. <laughs> sorry, Jess. <laughs> Jess and Maisie. Yeah. Jess and Maisie. Sorry about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, my, my job is, is incredible. So I went from working behind the camera in wardrobe uh and do you know what you've got to be i think you've got to be a certain gutsy ballsy confident um really self-assured and we've had this conversation mm. already really self-assured about wanting to be in front of the camera and that was just i'm just not that motivated yeah i was never that motivated but when i discovered styling you were hungry i was for like it. hello this is interesting i can I, I, I like making people look the best they can. Yeah. I like taking people from where they are and just helping them elevate and be the person they want to look like. Well, that's the thing, because you're doing more than dressing them. Do you I'm know a, what I mean? Like yes. when, when it, it's a, it goes a lot, well, it's not just that, it goes a lot deeper. You probably help them with their confidence. You probably help them with their insecurities. You probably help them with their self-value. I've There's so much more to amplifier it. Amplifier personality. Well, just, you know, if when you dress well or you look in the mirror and you, see, and you like what you see, 
And for so long, you know, you may not have liked what you saw and being able to dress well for your shape, for your skin tone, for your summer, winter, autumn, whatever, you know, all the different things. And you said that that part of it gets taken away and you're able to really have yourself come out there and see yourself. Yeah. That's powerful. That's really powerful. There is so much power in transformation. Like it's one of the things that um, moves me mm. every time. The yeah. power of transformation. I am having a client in front of me and taking them from where, from their daily, everyday life where maybe they have not been a priority for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And I give them, they employ me. We have four hours in the changing room. And when they leave, the transformation is not just on the surface. How they feel when they leave yeah. that room is mm. the power of change is tangible. I mean, women weep. Men, not so much. Women weep in the changing room. They will say to me, I have never felt so sexy. I've never felt so womanly. I've never felt so attractive as I do right that, now. Wow. And that for me, I, I, I would just, it's and I, do you know what I would say? Do you know what I would say? Oh, I'm just doing my job. It's and it enough. took me a while to realize I am like transforming people's lives like forever. Mm. Like those four hours in the changing room where I bring everything that I know about my job, yeah. about body shapes, about analysis, how to, how to, wear clothes that fit and flatter the form and they have all of that and they leave forever a different person that is the power of transformation wow. and that is oh, it's it's like addictive as well right. i'm not gonna lie mm. i mean seeing people leave a different person from when they you're arrive con you're really connecting oh, with people it's just, it's real that's what it's, it's about real. Yeah. It's so a what's moment. next? So what's next? Um, so I, uh, I am having the most incredible time in Dubai. I have found the most incredible connections here mm. um, that I'm hustling with and hustling on behalf. So I am. I I love Dubai. Uh, I love the UAE. I I am falling in love with it more and more. That's dangerous. It is. You know, it is dangerous. Because <laughs> let me just tell you. Because I think we talked about this. But you generally come for like two weeks and end up like leaving six years later. Yes. I mean, the first time I came here, I came for two weeks. Uh, poor Dan was stalked. Hi Dan, Phil. Hi Dan, Phil. I left six weeks later. Mm -hmm. um, wow. We did have a lockdown in the UK at the time, was, and yeah. Fran did say, "Hey, babes, why don't you just stay for four weeks? Like, fast forward to six, like seven weeks." Actually, I think, I'm I think like, she called you. She was like, "Are you coming back? You're actually coming home?" Yeah, you your wife called home? you to be like, "Are you actually, actually coming back?" Call me to say, "Babes, are you coming home?" Like everybody's saying every day, "How long has been out there for?" And she's like, "I don't know, I don't know." So, ask him. <laughs> ask him. You mean? Yeah, but that's because opportunity. I, I, see, I think Dubai and the UEA is open, like open for business. Yeah open for possibilities. There is money here. There is interest here. People want the best and here. And they love fashion. Yep, yep. There's a real yep. taste for it. There's so, a taste for those. Yep. And, and I feel like, you know, I, I have, as an industry expert, I have something to offer here. And I am looking to plug into opportunities here. So I am, I am here um, not full-time. I, I, I drop in and drop out and drop in and drop out. So back in the UK, I have my TV shows that I work on, quiz shows. I have my celebs that I look after. I have my red carpet events. I have uh, CEOs, um, high net worth individuals. I have all of that. And yeah. I have people who discover me on Tinternet, on, the, on my website, and then say, please 
will you will you look after me so i have all of that that yeah. that is all going on in the background and so while i'm here i want to offer that same service i yeah. want to bring that that brand of excellence of who i am and that 20 plus years of experience to the uea and i'm partnering with some pretty amazing people to make that happen nice. don't forget us when exciting. you're rich and famous in the uae <laughs> i don't feel no. to dress man so do i that's why we're wrapping up this uh, call and before we do our next one we're doing a session with phil hi i'm lily and i'm don we are the loaded.